This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Welcome back to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donello. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's 1-0 loss to Chelsea at Craven Cottage. A disappointing loss. There's a lot to talk about in an initial reaction show, Emilio. We could really do a full post-match show right now because there are a lot of things to talk about. Just let's get right to it. Give me your initial reaction to this loss. It's never easy when you lose. No, obviously, quite clearly, we haven't we haven't lost a league game for a, for a while now. But it's no disgrace to lose one 0 at home to Chelsea. I think at the beginning of the season, we you know that you know, these are games that you'd expect to lose anyway. But you know, last right. week, you know, we've been playing better. You know, we the fact that we Chelsea only managed to get one goal in playing against ten men for what fifty minutes, fifty fifty odd minutes of the game. That yep. says a lot about the maybe the lack of quality of the Chelsea team. I, I honestly thought. There was something in it for us when before the game started. I honestly thought so did, so did I. not particularly impressive. They've been struggling of late, um, and they were there for the taking. But to be honest, I think we were we were on the back foot for most of the game. Let's be very honest. Be very frank. You know, it's uh, it was it was from the from the first minute we were literally on the back foot. We had a few moments here and there. We, so we had a couple five minute spells in the first half. You know, but it's it's you know, if you don't take your chances, I keep saying time and time again, you know, you're going to get a few chances at this level. 
And if you haven't, if you don't take them, you're going to get punished. And you know, Cavalero's guilt edge opportunity, you know, blazes it over. Five, five minutes later, Robinson gets sent off. Yep. That, that's the fine margins we work we work with in the Premier that's League. Right. You don't the Premier League doesn't take any prisoners. So we lost the game, but I keep saying time and time again, let's not judge this defeat for the rest of the season. Let's look at the, t- the games that we are able to beat. There's, there's enough games in this division, home and away, that we can grab wins and stay in this division. Well, but- we agree, Emilio. And I'm glad that you're you're starting there because when you look at this, everyone has a right to be upset. Everyone has a right to be angry about how this uh, match played out. And uh, I look back at this, and uh, if I'm being Honest, like you said, mm. Chelsea were the better team mm. from the beginning yeah. to the end. But that does not mean that yeah. Fulham didn't compete. And yeah. honestly, if Anthony Robinson doesn't get sent off, I think this is a different match. We'll never know. We'll never know, yeah. We, we, will, we will never know. But Fulham really started to show themselves in these spurts in the first half, like you were saying to me off air, that they were very dangerous on the counterattack. And I really believe – that they were going to have more opportunities at full strength, but obviously Anthony yeah. Robinson gets we, sent no, off and the match. We rode our, and that's you know, we rode our luck as well. Mount hit the crossbar. You know, yep. they maybe they were they were they were guilty for not taking their chance or doing better with their opportunities. So we we huffed and puffed in that first half, and yep. other than two five minute spells when we sort of got into the game. So the best team won by far, even yep. when it was eleven eleven. Let's be frank, you know, when it was eleven eleven, Chelsea were the better team. They de- they defended well. Every time we had a sort of half chance, we were getting forwards. They gave us little, very little room, and you know. But with that one chance that we did get, you know, we didn't take it, and that's, you know, that's a deep-rooted problem within the club. We haven't got enough quality up front, and we've said that time and time again. So I don't want to keep going on about this. We, we, it's, yep. it's, it's old news. We all know about that. But it's it's those those fine margins. You don't take your chances, and then Robinson, I'm going to call out very. I'm furious with his that reckless. What the hell is he doing there? For goodness' sake. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about that. that. Yep. He, but that red card's been coming for some time for, from Robinson. He's made, he's had a few reckless challenges this season, and had a he's had several red, yellow cards because of poor poor decision making and poor fouling. So that what the hell is he doing there? So so for, it's a it's a red card, no no question about it. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's let the side down today. Yes, we we, we struggled throughout the whole game, eleven against eleven, but. You know, you, you do that in in the attacking half, not even his own in his own half defending. That that's poor decision making and reckless. So, Robbins, you should be you, you let you let the side down today. I'm afraid. I think he's been uh, really good the entire season, but as you said, you could see this coming, and this is something that uh, again was a huge mistake and changed the game. And I'm going to share this comment. I want to get your thoughts on this? Does this sum it up, Emilio? This is from Stefan. We lost the game because we have no striker, and a schoolboy's mistake costs us the game. Um, I, I don't. I think obviously we 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 lost for for some various reasons. We we know we haven't got a striker. You know, to be honest, I think we had one chance today, really. To be honest, and we we didn't take it. So if Mitrovic was there, would he have taken that? Possibly, he might have done better. He might have made the keeper make a save. Yep. But it's it's little things. You know, it's that lack of depth in the squad. That's a known problem. We you know we keep going on about it time and time again. Yep. You know, Arioli. You know, he would put his hand up. Should have done better. Let's be frank. He should have done better. I think Parker should have made substitutions sooner. Nil-nil yep. when the players were tiring, like Cavalero couldn't barely walk, let alone run. So that's another reason why we could, we maybe could have got something out of the game or held on for another 20 minutes. You know, it's various reasons, to be honest. But, you know, let's not judge the team on 
losing 1-0 to Chelsea. Judge the team if you lose against Brighton and West Brom and then our cards are marked. That's when we need to be judges. But there's a lot of heart. There's a lot of courage. I'm proud of the team for fighting. But I am we come away pointless. That's that's the thing. So the likes of Steve Lydia keep going on about we're going to, you know, we need to get points on the ball. We need to win. I, I agree with that. You know, but despite huffing and puffing and defending well and playing admirably, we didn't, we came away pointless. So that's, you know, that's, that's disappointing. But it's Chelsea we're playing here, not West Brom. So let's, let's put it into context. That's right. Very good point there, Emilio. And uh, let's talk about this because we're talking about moments. In the first second, half. So Jim Shepard, Robinson is learning. Give him a break. No, I disagree. We, you don't make a foul like that, whether you're learning or not learning. And that's, you know, that's reckless. Poor decision making, as far as I'm concerned. And you know, I've def- I've, I've oh, been a big advocate of Robinson this season. So, both Wednesday night he struggled against Tottenham at times, and today you just don't do that, whether you're experienced or not experienced. So he'll he'll learn from that. Joe Bryan will now cover for him, and yeah. Robin- Robinson will need to earn his right to be back in the team now. Well, again, that's a, a moment, like you said, we're going to talk about it that changed the match. And uh, again, we don't know what would happen if it was. 11 versus 11 if that didn't happen. But I felt mm-hmm. Fulham were growing into the game, especially at the end of the half, Familio. So for yeah. that to happen was uh, extremely unfortunate, but it was a straight red. We, I think we mm-hmm. both agree yeah. that was a straight red. I, I, you know, I, can, I don't think we can argue about that, but let's go back right before that, only about three or four minutes before mm-hmm. that. We have to talk about the one chance. You've already talked a little bit about this. And when I saw this, I basically I put my head down when Cavallaro missed this because it was all set up for him. It really was. There was some great mm-hmm. passing from actually Anthony Robinson mm-hmm. and Tete. And then you have this mm-hmm. bad miss, really bad miss. He needs to score, not get the ball, yeah. you know, not just get it on target. He needs to score. Yeah, exactly. And now this is, this is, I'm not blaming Cavallaro. Obviously Cavallaro didn't take his chance in the Premier League. I've said it before. It's, you know, it's going to punish it if you don't take your chances. And, is it Cavalera's fault that he's playing up front, or is it Fulham's fault that we haven't invested in a striker? Who's <laughs> I'm just being—I'm being honest with him. He, yes, no, it's a valid point. Striker. So the fact that he's he's missed badly, yes, we all acknowledge that he should have done better. But his, his, the way he took the, his, just his general body language, his composure, just it was just lacked composure there completely. He doesn't so, have the confidence of a no, striker. No, no. He and he's not a striker, but he's he's being classified as a makeshift striker, whatever you want to call it. But it's not his fault that he's been asked to play in a role that's not his comfort zone. And therefore, is that, that's more the club's fault. They haven't invested enough quality up front. And, you know, we're having to put other players like the likes of Bobby Decker, Reed and Cavalera to make up for, for the lack of strike-up options. But, you know, it's, that's the issue. You don't take your chances, the few that you get. You get punished. Robinson then makes a stupid challenge. Yep. Theoretically, game over. But like I said, we hung on for a while. But... A goal was threatening time and time again, as you'd expect it. But Chelsea sure. reportedly, overall, if I was a Chelsea support, I'd be very disappointed um, with that that performance today. Right. And I understand what you're saying on that. But I think in another way, Emilio, because I can see both sides of that, you're right, Ooh. they were poor. But there's mm. a reason why they were poor. I think yeah. Fulham, 10 men full made them look poor at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, So I understand what you're saying, but it's a give and take here. It's, mm. you know, you have to look at both sides of the coin. And I think Fulham... Defended well in the second half. Yes, it was coming. Yes, like you said, and we'll talk about the goal coming up. But I, I want to give the team a little bit more credit in the second half because I, especially mm-hmm. in the second half, I, I thought overall the one the thing that I got out of it is that they really played as a team as we've been talking about. I can still see the progression. Yeah. But but like we're talking about, there are 
issues that they need to work out. And yeah. and there are these fine mm-hmm. margins, and Anthony Robinson can't be doing what he did. Yeah, the irony was I thought we defended better in the second half than we did in the first. Yeah, but the first half we were little, odd, odd, you know, clearances in the penalty in the six yard box were not decisive. We were heading weakly. It's you know, Robinson again. Robinson's header straight onto Mason Mount and Mount hit the crossbar again. Poor defensive header from Robinson in the first half. So I thought we defended better with ten men than we did with with eleven. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. We looked very uncertain in the first half. We weren't clearing our lines particularly well. We rode our luck a little bit. And I thought second half was a more accomplished performance defensive than the first. Okay, very good. All right, let's go to the second half. And I want to get your mm-hmm. second half analysis as the second half begins. Emilio, Fulmer mm-hmm. down to 10 men. Mm-hmm. And they really weathered the storm. And like mm-hmm. you said, they were weathering it for a while. And I thought they were hanging in there. But then, of course, you get the goal from Mason Mount. Let's go right mm-hmm. to the goal. And um, give me your thoughts on... This goal, and now again, it was in the 78th minute, so they hung on for a long time. Yeah, they did. And let's talk about this. Could Ariola have done better? You've already mentioned it, so let's talk about it a little bit. And as you mentioned already, you saw this coming. Yeah, it's you know they brought in Hudson Adoy as well to add more attacking strength. I thought Tammy Abraham. Yeah, yeah. All we all we could do is really hang on. But for me, it's you. The likes of Cavalera, well, like I said, could barely walk. Uh, You know, take him off. Put maybe something I think Steve Reynolds will say maybe put Lookman, you know, to be in, you know in the attacking role and just basically just preserve some energy and put some fresh legs on. But I think we left the substitution a bit too late for me, and I think that I think if we actually had fresher legs on the pitch, maybe we wouldn't have given up that goal. We would have cleared the lines better. We would have had more defensive cover for the yep. the likes of fresher legs coming in and doing a job defensively. So we had the opportunity to change Park. Maybe I, I'm going to put a little criticism on Park. He's, he's you know he's not a adverse to having criticism. He's, sure. he's done really well the last two months, but you know, I thought maybe it was a bit slow making those changes. I think you make, you, you make the changes when you're a goal down. It's to be honest, a bit too late then. I think, you know, so I, like you said, they were, some of the players were running out of steam. Yeah, they were, they had, they had no gas left and their legs were jelly as you know, some of the commentators were saying. And at the end of the day, it's, there were options on the bench. I think we said before the game, worry for me, there was no game changes on that bench. So even if it was 11 against 11, the bench wasn't good enough today. No, it wasn't. You know, that's it a wasn't. problem. That's, this goes back about the deep-rooted problems. The squad, if, if there's injuries, people recovering from COVID, there's not enough depth there. Kane is still injured. Mitrovic, we saw, picked up a knock against QPR a week ago. Lamine, I'm assuming, is still recovering from COVID. Yep. You know, where's the other? Where's the depth? The likes of Onoma, Cabano, they're okay players, but they're not the game changers in the Premier League. Um, no, and when you looked at the bench, and I said this mm-hmm. to you, the benches were just outrageously different because mm. <laughs> they bring on Calm Hudson Adoy, yeah. they bring on Timo Werner, and then they also bring on Tammy Abraham. And you look at our bench, and you're talking about it. Who do we have? Yeah. Kamara, yeah. Cabano. They come on, and Josh Onuma comes on. Yeah. Look at the difference. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and ultimately, like you said, if you look at what Calm Hudson Adoy offered them, you know, and, and again, I listened to a bunch of Chelsea podcasts yeah. screaming. For Callum Hudson Adoy to start, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, why didn't he start Callum Hudson Adoy? Yeah. But, but honestly, it's what they had on the bench where the mm-hmm. game changes. But ultimately, they wore us down, Emilio, and yeah. they created the opportunity and they got it. And and yes, uh, potentially on the goal, you can argue that uh, Ariola could have done better. But mm-hmm. as we keep saying, that it was coming, and uh, 
and, and then he makes a substitution. So that's why I feel it's yeah. Fair to talk yeah. About this, and I think let's be also let's Loftus Cheek. I know obviously he was not you know legible to play. He today, was a loss in this. We missed him. We missed. We, we missed, missed him. Missed his that's a good you point. Know, his, his quality on you know again people are saying well actually he's not offering much. I you know the last couple of games he's 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 starting to get into his stride at the club. Hopefully he will pick you know he'll be he'll be playing against Man United on Wednesday night, but. He offers that more physical strength, composure at times. Today, we Chelsea get pressing and pressing and pressing right from the off. Eleven against eleven and eleven against ten, and we and to be honest, our passing was subdued at times yep. because Chelsea go. Chelsea played a bit like Brighton did when, at the yes, past month ago. A bit, yes. and we struggled against Brighton. We struggled, and I said on Wednesday we struggled against teams that press us. Chelsea did their homework well, and they changed their formation up yeah. to Emilio. Yeah, so gifts. I'm, I, I don't like give Lampard credit for this. <laughs> don't like Frank Lampard, you know, for yeah. the amount of times he kisses his badge when he scored in the, at the Hammersmith end. But he got his tactics right today. He saw yeah. the full and weaknesses, and in the absence of Loftus Cheek in the team, and no Kearney as well. Um, yeah. So I thought I thought Lampard got his tactics right today, and we we struggled other than those five ten five minute spells here and there with where he had a bit of offensive you know, opportunities. But otherwise, yes, we defended well, but we yep. still come away pointless. That's the bottom line. Okay. And I just put up this graphic. Did we miss Ruben Loftus-Cheek? Emilio seems to think so. But again, there are other players that mm-hmm. were out as well, like you, we mentioned, Kearney, mm-hmm. Mitro, and Molina. Mm-hmm. But again, when you look at the bench, and uh, yes, Chris, I'm going to share this because Chris has put this, our friend Chris. Of course, the benches are different. They are Chelsea. Yes, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a better bench. Yeah, yeah, that's agree, yeah. my point, and that's Emilio's point, right, Emilio? Yeah. We're not comparing Chelsea to to Fulham, Chris. Let's not let's not be facetious here. As far as I'm concerned, we have no game changes on that bench today. And that's that's a thing. It was eleven against eleven. You know, who could we have called upon to actually come in and really get at Chelsea and make have that bit of quality? It was it was a very it's a it's an average def- it's an average bench. And to me, I've seen some comments. Is, is it a championship um, bench? Arguably speaking, yes. As our friend Tony Gold, I said pregame the benches would be the difference. Pure bench, seriously lacking. Yeah, yeah. But when you got, you know, the likes of, you know, you've if Loftus Cheek was playing today, if Kenny was fit, if Mitrovic was fit, if Lamina was recovered from COVID, there's four players already there, plus some more. So, and those are significant players, yeah, Emilia. Exactly, exactly. You know, so we're, we're doing we're doing the right things. So Tony Khan, not credit. Tony Khan's done a bloody good job with some we of our. We know what they we, need. We know what they need. He knows what we need. He knows too. And the these bigger, things the bigger thing he knows. Yeah. Paperwork takes a long time to to sort out. So so let's be very clear. But at the end of the day, it's 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 Chelsea we played. And but yep. you know, there's there's a lot of positives to take, but it's still a one 0 defeat. Okay, very good. All right, coming up next, I'm going to get Emilio's biggest takeaway from the match. And, yes, I want to get Emilio's man of the match. So feel free, if you're watching live, to share who you thought was Fulham's man of the match. Okay, Emilio, right back to you as we're doing our full-time initial reaction show. What is the biggest takeaway you come from this match, coming out of it? Again, we've talked a good amount. There are a lot of different ways you can go on this. What's your biggest takeaway? I think it's the thing we've been saying week in, last few weeks. It's we're competitive, we're hard to break down, we're playing as a unit. The same themes, but you know, yep. but, but you know that doesn't translate into victories. So it's, there's only so many times we can keep saying yes, they defended well, they defended admirably, fought well, fought as a team. But you know, ultimately, it's we need wins now. 
But don't judge us not beating the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham and Man United. Those games against Brighton and West Brom, in two weeks' time, if we lose those games, then we could take everything back we've been saying. But those are the two games we need to be focusing on. Getting our players recovered. Bob, Bobby Reid, obviously, is, is suspended against Man United. Well, he's, he's suspended yes. against Man U then against Brighton. So that's, yes. a, that's a positive for me. <laughs> if you're going to get a yellow card, get it against a team that you, you, you're expected to lose against. Um, but it's the same thing. It's just a bravery. The team fought hard. They were very brave. I'm proud of them. But, you know, I want to start seeing the team winning some games. And, you know, sure. let's, get, let's get some some new signings in very pretty damn quick. Okay, I want to go back to this because I actually prepared for this. So, Bobby Decadover being out of the Manchester United match, you actually think that's a positive? I'd rather he gets his fifth yellow card and not playing against Man U than oh, being not playing against Brighton. Okay, okay. fair enough. Fair you know, enough. So, maybe, maybe, I don't agree with sometimes, you know, there's all these old theories that sometimes you intentionally get a yellow card so that you don't play in a more tougher match because, you know, we're not expecting to beat Man United on Wednesday and either in good no. form. But, you know, we, again, there's another gap, though. We've got to find a, a gap to fill there with him being out. Hopefully, Loftus-Cheek will be fit and maybe Mitrovic might be in contention on Wednesday night. Right. And that's my hope, my friend, because, uh, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fulham mm-hmm. should fear anyone. And I thought that, again, they didn't look out of place against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. As you said, Emilio, Chelsea were, were the better side. And mm-hmm. going into it, if you look at how much money you spent, they should be the better side. Okay, mm-hmm. let's be honest there. But they didn't look out of place. They had a game plan, and I thought they really played well within themselves and like mm-hmm. had those spurts late in the first half. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to what you said, and we've already talked about, I think that uh, you know Scott Parker might not have been ready for the changes that mm-hmm. Frank Lampard gave him, meaning that they changed the formation. He, I, I was thinking they were going to play 4-3-3. They didn't do that. And uh, Kovacic, I guess, played a little bit of a different mm-hmm. role and changed things up. And I, that might have t- taken them a little bit to adjust, but they eventually did. But my biggest takeaway from this goes back to, I've been saying this over and over, Emilio. When you look at this, when it's halftime and I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. and I even was texting, they could now lose 3-0. They mm-hmm. could lose 4-0. Yeah. And when you lose only to a goal to a team like Chelsea, even though they're not at top form, I think that shows you something because I saw a team playing together. They did not look out of place against a team that has spent so much money. They looked like they were fighting for each other, fighting Mm -hmm. for Fulham, fighting for the manager. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took a lot for them to get Mm -hmm. that goal. I'm talking about Chelsea. So my biggest takeaway is that they have solidified even further that they can fight through adversity. It eventually got to them, but Mm -hmm. they were fighting through it throughout that second half. Mm. And I think it brings the team together, and you can look back at that when you mm. are in another situation when you're down a man. So I think that there are positives to take out of it. I see a team continuing to fight for each other. That's my positive. That's yeah. my biggest takeaway. Yeah, nothing to worry for me is, you know, the team start to suss us out, you know, about yep. if you start to press us, we struggle. You know, Brighton did that very effectively a month ago. Chelsea did that today, but Liverpool didn't do that to us, nor did Tottenham. And look, we, we came away with you know positive results from those games, and similar with Leicester City. Yep. So I just worry about how we can, what's our plan B when you've got the likes of Brighton and maybe West Brom. West Brom are obviously on a high after their very good victory yep. today. So we've got to find a way of actually dealing with teams that press us, don't give us a space. You know, we like 
we like to pass the ball, you know, very quickly, patient, you know, sometimes, sometimes patiently, sometimes quickly. It's just, it's the way of Scott Parker's style of football, but we struggle when those teams don't give us no room and no space. Yep, we've talked and, about this. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this. So that's, that's a worry for me is how do we adjust and have a different style of play at times? Because otherwise, we're not, where are goals going to come from? Even today, right. 11 against 11, Chelsea gave us no space. Lookman, there's always two, there always seem to be two men around him. It was. There was. They had a very good game plan for us. Yeah. You know, so as much as I hate to say it, you know, well done, Chelsea, for, for getting your tactics right. But yeah, they got them right. Yeah. They, at the end of the day, it's, we've got, we've got to find six wins, six wins this season. And I think, and, I think they're there for them, Emilio. I do think that they're there. And a few away from home. Right. And pick right. up the draws here and there. And we, we, we might be okay, but it's right. the, the, the table doesn't lie, people keep saying. So, so. It doesn't lie. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I'm not going to be critical of the team. The team, you know, they're doing as well as they can with the players that they've got. We're more harder to beat. We're fighting and competing against big teams. We've got to start beating the teams around us. Those games are coming up in two weeks' time. Okay. And I just want to to share one more thing, Amelia. Was it the Steve? Six six, six wins is 18 points, Steve. That's 30 points on the the clock. Yep. Plus we'll have a few draws there. Minimum six. Okay. There's enough right. there to get those six. All right. Uh, I just wanted to share this before we go to man of the match because this goes back mm-hmm. to some of the takeaways. I'm going to share some more takeaways from some of the supporters. I was listening to Graham Lussell after the match. He was uh, doing the uh, commentating for NBC Sports, and this is what he said. He was asked, can Fulham stay in this division? And he says they can. But right now they're lacking goals. And this goes back to what you're saying. His concern is, as you've said, Emilio, so I want to just emphasize this, Mm -hmm. the lack of goals, the lack of people that can score goals. You know, he mentioned Mitro, but right now they don't have someone that they can count on to score goals. But everyone down Mm -hmm. at the bottom has the same problem. But Mm -hmm. that's where it comes down to. And I'm just going to share some more comments. When we talk about biggest takeaway, lack of strikers, simple. Our friend Steve Lidyard obviously has to chime in on this one. No strikers. We have, we have to share that. But on a positive, and I want to share this from our friend Chris down in Spain, take away the defense. And, and Chris, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you. I think let's be – but the other thing as well, with or without strikers, the final ball is not good enough at times. So, whether, you know, Cavalera, how much service did he get today? Let's, let's be – he had one chance. Okay, he didn't take it. But this goes back to the same old thing. Sometimes our final ball is very, very weak, yep. predictable at times, and maybe yep. we're not composed enough. So these are these are these are other factors which are critical as well. Just the fact we haven't got a striker to bury chances, we're not creating enough clear cut chances with or without a striker. That's right. a fundamental problem as well. Right. Right. I, right. I totally agree with that, Emilio. And and again, I, this is from our friend. Mm. How our defense has improved significantly. That yeah. goes along with, with Chris, and I, I agree with that. Okay, let's end our full-time show. Who do you give the man of the match to? <laughs> I think you've got to argue, you know, the defense. I think the, the defense. I think Anderson, Adorayo. I thought I think Harrison Reed worked hard today. You know, I, I was yeah. a little bit critical of him on Thursday and Wednesday night against Tottenham. I thought he didn't have a particularly good game, but... I thought he, he worked quite well. I thought he worked hard. You know, so you know he, he looked st- strong, winning tackles. You know, huffing and puffing as you'd expect from him. I thought I, th- I thought Harrison Reed did a good job, tidy job today. Yep. I think either him, I think Angisa 
didn't look out of place again in that central midfield. And Anderson and Abreu, I thought, had both very good games. So, to be honest, it's difficult to single out anybody. I don't think anyone stood out per se. So, it's I'm not going to. I think there is a man of match, but if I was to make one, I'd probably say Harrison Reed. I thought he thought looked quite quite solid. Okay, very good. And I'm going to share some of these comments because they kind of go along with what you just said. This is my friend Chris, man of the hmm. match, the second half, fallen back five for repelling the Chelsea yeah. attack until Mount Skull. Yeah. Chris, I completely agree with yeah. you. Steve Widget chimes in. Ariola. And here's our friend Chris in Spain. I can't name a man of the match. The defense. Same like me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to single anyone Just out. Just like you. You said that yeah. too. We've got Tete. I'm going to mm-hmm. share this one as well. Tosin and Reed. Mm-hmm. And another Tete from John yeah. Farrell. So, so we are talking about the defense, Emilio. Mm-hmm. And, and a very difficult time to really deal with a team like Chelsea for, like you said, 50 minutes plus, because we still have stoppage time as well. So I thought they did their job well, and yes, they gave up the goal, but I think there's a lot to build on. But as everyone's saying, you can look at the warts, and the warts are, Emilio, Mm. that they need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. That's Mm. number one, and but like you also said, they they also need a little bit more creativity in the final mm-hmm. third to set yeah. that up. Yeah, we need we need we need some we need more game changes as well off the bench. So again, if the Laminas, Mitrovic's, Kearney's, if these guys are fit, you know, and knocking on the door, then you know that's yep. you know, that I'd have less concern. But to be honest, I think I, I was more positive before I saw the lineup than when I did see the lineup. So I was worried about okay. that bench, and we said that before, just before the game started as yep. well, didn't we? So. Okay, very good. All right, Emilio, before we go, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, it's a defeat, another defeat. You know, it's sort of – next week's fixtures are going to potentially put more pressure, so we're not expecting much from the Man United game. So I'm not sure who the other teams are playing on Wednesday night next week. So I don't know. Again, I we can watched. only do our own job, beat the teams around us. But the games are piling up thick, I and mean, that's my worry. The games are coming in thick and fast, as they are for everybody, admittedly. So it's not just yep. to be clear, but – you know, we've got two games a week. Every team's got two games a week. So it's all about depth of squad and who stays injury-free the most. That will be the, the, the that will drive whether we can stay in this division or not. If we have more injuries and having to have a, a makeshift squad, then we could, be in, we could be in trouble. But it's not over yet. So let's not be that too downbeat. It's far from over. In fact, I'm going to continue to say that Fulham are going to stay in this division. I truly believe mm-hmm. that. I believe in this team. Yeah. I, believe, I see the difference from two seasons ago. I see a mm-hmm. real team here fighting for themselves, fighting for the manager, fighting for Fulham, fighting for us mm-hmm. as supporters. I see that. And not that two seasons ago they weren't fighting for all that, but they did not play together as a team. It was a bunch of individuals. Mm-hmm. This team is really playing together as a unit. And that, to me, is the difference. That's why I believe in them. Yeah. When right. the last time we scored two goals, though, that's, again, it's simple, simple, simple <laughs> like what we said. It's Leicester City away, I think it was, the last time we scored two I th- goals. I think you're right. I think you're that, right. You know, that's, you know, it, it's it's the same problems, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's the same positives we reflect on week on week, but we yeah. keep reiterating the same problems. We just have to wait for the owners to make make some 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 signings pretty yeah. quickly to give us the best opportunity to, to survive. Well, I don't think Tony Khan needs mm. to watch any more matches and I to know this. I think he knows what we need. Now it's on him and his staff to bring in the player or players that Fulham need. Yeah, what's he saying, Steve? Where do we find 20, 30 goals? To be honest, I think we're going to need two strikers, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I've said it. I don't know who. We've got to get someone who's going to suit um, 
Scott Parker's way of football. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah, that's also key. But I, you know, I'm going to put it out there. And again, it's go and get someone like Troy Deeney. I know I keep banging on about it, but Troy Deeney can play at this level. He scores from penalties. He scores from open play and he assists. And he's a strong bloke. Yes, he might be the early 30s. That's a sort of temporary solution that we need as well as getting somebody who's maybe... Chelsea just played Olivia Giroud at 34. Exactly, exactly. You know, so so that's the sort of player we need who can give defenses problems and and can score at this level. He's proven he can score at this level. I don't want Glenn Murray, Steve. Sorry, I, I don't want. I don't want Glenn Murray. I see that. I'll go no. play, and Murray's going to sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff. All right, Emilio. Let's wrap this up. We will have a post-match show on Sunday, but we are done with our full-time mm-hmm. show for Emilio Dinello. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching mm-hmm. and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.